nobody gets up and goes to work in the morning and thinks, man, I hope I suck today, right? <laughs> I really want to bring the lowest right. game I can. Uh, I want to be a subpar performer at best. I'm really shooting for mediocre, right? Nobody's thinking that. Right. Um, now, it does become a culture, though, right? Because people get defeated. Uh, they're not getting their talents maximized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot of things that feed into that mindset where it just becomes the norm. We can be successful here. We just got to find the path forward, right? Because mm. the plan that they have isn't working. In business, you want to consistently attract incredible people, grow at an accelerated rate, and create a unique competitive advantage. The goal, it isn't to just be the best, but is to be the favorite, the favorite in the eyes, the mind, and the heart of your customer. To stay competitive in today's world, you want to build a business where people want to come to work and where they have a chance to be great at doing what they love the most. And you accomplish that by leading through values. Because when you lead through values, people excel, profits increase, and your brand becomes more human. Now make sure you download your free guide at leadthroughvalues.com. I'm James Mayhew, your Chief Culture Officer, and you're listening to Lead Through Values. Well, hey, everyone, this is James, your chief culture officer and your host of Lead Through Values, where discussing what it takes to build a high performing culture in business and how leaders can maximize the magnificent talents of people on the team is what we talk about. Now, I'm joined today with my good friend and brilliant leader. He's live with me. We're at Dash Coffee in Third Avenue, downtown Cedar Rapids, and I think it is the best coffee shop in the area, in my opinion. But Kevin Wormwood is uh, joining me today. And he's got an amazing collection of experiences, um, stories, where he had moved around the country helping turn struggling retail stores around, not only to make them profitable, but setting people up to excel in those businesses. And then he'd go on to the next one that was struggling and do it again. But you want to probably get ready to laugh because he's a big, fun guy to be around, big personality. And uh, I know we'll get into some real depth in our conversation today, but before we begin, I just want to tell you about a training that I did this week on the power of accountability uh, to drive excellence in your team and, and even throughout your, your company. A little snippet from that. I was talking about when you do accountability poorly, you create unintended distance between you, the leader, and those you're leading. But when you do it well, you build confidence in them because they're more engaged and that means you're holding them capable to their abilities. Now, people in that training, they had a cheat sheet. They left that day with a cheat sheet. Uh, how to help them move from pointing blame at somebody for a failed project or relationship to having clarity in advance of the expectations and the commitments that they share with others and that others depend on them for. And then to be able to provide support along the way. That's proactive accountability. So if you want to learn more about that kind of training, maybe you want to bring it into your organization, here's what you can do pick up the phone and give me a call. Here's my number. It's going to ring direct to me. It's 319-929-2604. Now don't call me trying to sell me a car warranty. I'm probably going to hang up on you. But if you're not, here's what you can expect in return. I'm not going to try and sell you something you don't want to buy. There's not going to be picture pressure. What there will be is a conversation. A conversation about like kind of like Kevin and I are going to have today about what it could mean if we work together to change the future of your business. So I do hope to hear from you on that. Now, you can learn more about me and other workshops and trainings that I do at jamesmayhew.com. That being said, Kevin, you're on the hot seat. And what do you, by the way, what did you get today? You just got a pressed coffee? Just drip, man. Just drip? Oh, drip. just drip. Just straight drip. I thought you were going all, all no. fancy on me. No, no. I went, uh, I went low class, low brow. Low, low brow <laughs> for the high class establishment we're in today. Kevin, tell us a little bit about your professional background because before we hit record, you and I, we probably should have hit record like 10 minutes earlier. <laughs> We've missed some good stuff, Oh, I'm dude, sure. it was great. Because you, you brought your portfolio today, um, which you said wasn't really intended. But you, you and me were just catching up, and you're flipping through, and you show me disc. And I'm like, you know, oh, he's like, yeah, I used to train disc. And I'm like, oh, this is good. And then you started showing me stuff I haven't seen before. <laughs> and so you know, like, I'm going to learn from you because I've already learned from you in the last 10, 15 minutes. So, like, you got to kind of help pull this together because I know a little bit about your background, but our listeners don't know you. Oh, you're way too nice, James. Way too nice. Uh, I'm, I would, not, I'm telling the truth, bro. 
I would agree with you. It is an expansive background. So, uh, you know, everything from running an arena football team to multi big box retail stores, um, you know, to a first aid and safety division, right? So I've kind of done it all and, and seen some different things and met some great people and learned a lot of great processes. And I think that's, you know, where I would start with my story is uh, in a retail environment, I really discovered my passion for making people better, right? I was always able to be successful in sales and on my own. Uh, and then I started mentoring new employees. Uh, I had a manager that kind of turned over that responsibility. I think he realized we weren't tapping my full potential, right? Yeah. So he's like, hey, Good let's, for him. let's, yeah, oh, definitely. And he, you know, it's crazy. He used to tell me when we first started working together, he's like, I'm going to be working for you someday. And I was like, oh boy, here we go, you know, laying it on thick. Yeah. Uh, but as I got to know him, he, he just was that way. He believed in people. And when he saw somebody that could do something, he challenged them, he coached them, he celebrated, wow. right? Yeah. Um, and he, he wasn't really, threatened by him. No, no. He, he, he was confident in who he, he was. He welcomed it because he knew that if, if I became successful, if he helped me achieve what I wanted to achieve, that he was going to achieve what he wanted to achieve, right? He understood the yeah. dance there. Um, so he really started helping me uh, find that and discover that passion. Um, so I really started helping people be successful, maximize their skills, right? Minimize their weaknesses. Yeah. And as you said, you know, traveling around the country, that's really what helped me be successful. I would go into a new market and uh, get to understand the people that were there, maximize their skills and abilities. And, you know, wherever there was weaknesses, I'd find ways to fill that gap, right? Whether that be through hiring. Um, you know, as we talked about DISC, right? You're bringing the right people onto the team, mm -hmm. um, just finding the right levers to pull. Um, so I've just been fortunate in that. And it's still something that I'm passionate about today, even, you know, helping people achieve the ultimate success, whatever that may be. Mm. Uh, you and I talked about earlier, too, meeting people where they're at, right? Yeah. Where are sure. they? Where are they? What, what are they bringing to the table? And then how can we help them excel at a higher level? I don't know if you've heard me say it. If anybody's listened to this podcast, they've heard me say it before. But if you want to have operational excellence, you have to understand what makes each person on your team exceptional. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. You know? Yeah. But the thing is, is what makes you exceptional or what makes me exceptional? Like if you and I don't know that about each other and we are, you know, different or we got intense personalities or whatever it is. The thing that makes me exceptional and makes you exceptional might be what annoys me the most about you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so being able to use an assessment or at a minimum, being able to understand what your pace and your priority for so like are, so you look at it from like a disc, helps you meet people where they're at and appreciate what they bring. Otherwise, we could be knocking heads quite a bit. Oh, definitely. And I, th I think, too, it starts with the leader's vision and their confidence. I think there's a lot of things that go into that, right? If you're confident in who you are and what you bring to the table, then you're not threatened by other people's strengths. Right. Right. So you're, you're willing to acknowledge your weaknesses or areas of opportunity. Yeah. And if you're really good, you're going to assess that and say, gosh, this person brings to the table what I need. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? If both of us are in a situation where we both want to be successful, we might have a, a varying difference of how we're going to do that. But our end game is still the same, right? We both want to be successful. Yeah. Um, and then it's just acknowledging what what strength somebody's going to bring to the table and where you fit in versus where they fit in. So what's it like to walk in to know that you're walking into a low performing store? Okay. You have, I mean, do you, how do you not walk in with almost like a prejudging tone? Like that, that would be a barrier for me to be completely honest. Sure. Okay. So yeah. I come in there going, okay, you're a bunch of lazy people, but that wouldn't be fair. No, I could be completely no. wrong. So what's it like to go in and walk into a, a business like that where it's struggled for maybe a couple, three years, I don't, you know, whatever the duration is and your job and everybody knows it is to basically turn it around. How do you get buy-in on that? Like you gotta, you gotta help me because you're talking about changing culture and oh, that yeah. doesn't happen instantly. Yeah. Well, for me, it was always my mindset, and I still believe this today, right? Nobody gets up and goes to work in the morning and thinks, man, I hope I suck today, <laughs> right? I really want to bring the lowest right. game I can. Uh, I want to be a subpar performer at best. I'm really shooting for mediocre, right? Nobody's thinking that. Right. Um, now, it does become a culture, though, right? Because people get defeated. Uh, they're not getting their talents maximized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot of things that feed into that mindset where it just becomes the norm. 
So when I would walk into a place, my first thing is, you know, we can we can be successful here. We just got to find the path forward, right? Because mm. the plan that they have isn't working. Uh, and most people, like I said, want to be successful. They want to contribute. They want to be part of a winning team. Yeah. Um, so it's finding out, all right, what, what systems and procedures are working great? What processes are broken? And then where can I plug in? The last thing I would ever do in a market is come in and, and just start firing off at the hip, right? Yeah. I'm the new sheriff in town right? kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I always wanted to assess the situation. Let's see people in action. I always wanted to work with everybody. I, I would mix up my schedule, so I worked with everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. And there was no judgment, right? Just, hey, what, what do we do here on a normal basis? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the day look like? I was going to say, I think most of us that have had enough work experience in our life have seen that boss that comes in with the ego ego trip. I'm going to change everything, shooting from the hip, doesn't do the work to get close to people to find out what is it, what am I working with? Yeah. Just makes that assumption that you're not good and we need to get rid of you or you're going to change come hell or high water. Yeah. The only times I'd ever put my foot down right away in a market or, or in a new uh, group, I would say, is if it was illegal, immoral, or unethical. Right? Perfect. If I saw you do something illegal, immoral, or unethical, I can't work with that. Yep. Other than that, I would always assess it as a training situation, right? Because if you and I are working together, and I've never worked with you before, James, and you make a mistake, I have to assume you weren't trained properly. Hmm. So it's starting with that positive intent, right? James wouldn't do that intentionally. Assume positive <laughs> intent. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that, so James probably didn't know any better. Let me work with James on that. Now, if I've showed you three, four, five times, and you've shown that you're able to perform those duties that way and then you then you revert back now okay now we got a different problem here right but i would always assume people's positive intent uh and then train and coach accordingly right celebrate coach and and challenge yeah um so i think that I, i mean that to me is where the rubber meets the road right go in and assess it assume that people are trying to be successful maybe they just don't have the right path and sometimes what i found too is people just lack the confidence, right? They have the right ideas. So I would always have an open door policy. Uh, and I don't mean that in the figurative, uh, you know, the office door is always open and I'm just in there sitting behind there pushing papers. But, uh, my teammates could always talk to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I viewed them as teammates. It didn't matter if you'd worked for me for six weeks or six years, Mm -hmm. we were on the same team. There was no hierarchy in that sense. Uh, if you have an idea, a game plan, a thought, you're struggling with something, come to me and let's talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, and let's talk through it so I can see it through your eyes. Cause I think, uh, if I get to see how you perceive something that helps me coach you better. If I see how you see it, that doesn't mean I have to agree or disagree. I just understand the lens you're viewing it through. So I love the fact that you just said the lens you're viewing it through, right? Because we always have to start somewhere mm-hmm. when I'm working with a client to help see what that lens is. If we're going to take a deeper dive and go beyond like, you know, the disc level and let's get into like the true actual talents that persons have. That's why I go to StrengthsFinder, right? Because sometimes strengths are so powerful that we forget that we're looking through a strength lens all the time. Yeah. And I'm unfairly applying that to you or to whoever else I'm seeing. And I'm like, why don't you see it the way that I see it? <laughs> or that, or the times that you find somebody that does see it the way you see it, like, bro, we're buds, you yeah. know, we're going to go conquer yeah. the world together kind of thing. <laughs> And, and that's where the danger comes in yeah. is, is that we unfairly apply it to others. Um, and obviously with any talent or a strength, there's like the superpower side of it, but then there's a the kryptonite side of it. Oh yeah. So, so let me just tell you a quick one here. I was working with a young man who was a leader who had ultra high responsibility. Now that's a strengths finder theme responsibility. It's under executing, uh, the, the executing domain. It was off the chart high. Like I've done this with hundreds of people and I can't tell you I've ever seen it higher than his. He's 25 years old. He's got a team of 30, 40 and 50 year olds. They're not relating to him very well. Yeah. Here's what I found. He earned that role and they respected him as a leader. Age didn't matter. But what he didn't understand was how unfairly he would impress his level of responsibility on others. So he had the ability to outwork anybody. He could stay 14 hours. He could work through lunch because that's what it took. And that's when he said these words to me. He's like, but everybody thinks that way. I'm like, and his name is Josh. I'm like, Josh, dude, nobody thinks like you. Like you're in really rare air right now. I need you to understand that. 
And he kind of pulled away from the table as, as I said that to him. And I said, I need you to understand that your guys need more than a little bit of a pat on the back or an attaboy when you just crushed a job. And it was hard and it was virtually no breaks. And the company wants to give them a pizza at the end of the day. And all yeah. you do is tell them thanks and see you in the morning. <laughs> right? Like, can't you just call it out? Call out their greatness at times. Like, yeah. recognize that stuff. So that's where I was saying, you know, your strengths can really, when you see them through that lens, can really get in the way and blind you. Yeah, I think a, a lot of times younger leaders or um, people that haven't expanded their horizon just make that assumption, right? Everybody sees things the way I do. Well, if everybody <laughs> saw it the way you did, everybody would succeed the way you do, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, ah, so much wisdom so, right there. So really, you, I think it's, it's really important when you can try and step back from a second and look at it through somebody else's lens because yeah. you're going to learn something, right? You're either going to learn how to approach that situation the next time. It may or may not change you, right? There's been a lot of times I'd have a conversation with somebody and walk away from it and think, yep, still doing it that way. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be, right? But then I still had some knowledge, though. The next time I talk to James, this is how I'm going to approach that conversation, mm. right? So it's always about unpacking the moment but then also seeing it down the road too. So how do I continue to improve our relationship, uh, both personally and professionally? So when we're talking through situations, you feel valued and appreciated and you contribute. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's how you boost engagement right there. Oh yeah. Treat people like a person. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, it's amazing when you do that, right? I mean, it sounds so simple (laughs) as as we we talked about, you know, nobody ever comes to work and wants to suck. Nobody ever comes to work and doesn't want to be a part of something bigger than what they are. Right. I think that's, I think that's the lasting impression that everybody makes. You know, we were, we were fortunate enough to be on a clubhouse a couple nights ago. Hmm. And I think that's part of what we were talking about too, with that, with that, with that retrospect on people's careers. Right. You look at Carnegie, uh, Nobel, right? Jobs. And, th- and then they look back on it and they say, man, what impact did I really make? Though? Right. Right. I mean, what legacy did I leave? I better do some things different. Yeah. Uh, and it's a little bit of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad uh, still, you know, will tell me from time to time, you know, in business and in life, the rearview mirror is always cleaner than the windshield, right? I mean, the windshield's where all the business is. Yep. The rearview mirror is always sparkling clean. Yeah. You know, you can look back on things and see it differently. That's a good analogy. Um, you know, so I think anytime you can gain further insights on how people are wired, how they assess a situation, how they see things, it just allows, I think, me personally to be a better prepared uh, leader and coach for them. On the question I asked you a while ago, it's taking a lot of turns here. You know, it's just talking about what's it like to go into that space and turn a place around. Did you meet resistance from employees? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how do you win them over? I mean, is it the stuff we've just been talking about? Well. Or how much time did it take, too? I'm kind of curious on that. Oh, sometimes I might only be in a market six, eight months. Uh, oh, wow. And we would see. That's fast. Oh, yeah. And we would see results. Uh, you know, sometimes it might take a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think my wife, uh, <laughs> she's a saint. We moved. God, we, we counted one time. I think we've been in probably seven states maybe before we had kids. Uh you know, and we, wow. we might go to a market for six, eight months, yeah. uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, we'd up and move, you know, and she would have to start all over again. And I, you know, looking back on it too, was that the right thing? I don't know. You know, you're young and naive and you don't really think about those things. We always looked at it as an opportunity to go to a new town and meet new people. Right. Is um, she and I like you? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Opposites attract on that one. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. you know, funny story about that. Uh, I used to think I was a real good salesman. And then I realized uh, Krista is actually a rescuer. <laughs> so she, she sees me as that troubled dog in the corner that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that needs a little love and affection. So, yeah, uh, yeah I definitely outkicked my coverage there. Um, but, you know, we always moved around, and she, she never hesitated uh, to move. But there was pros and cons of that. I think it taught us how to build a stronger bond together, right? We were, it was always us. Uh, even with our girls now, uh, our two girls, you know, we've moved a bunch. They've been in, our oldest daughter's been in three or four schools. Um, you know, and we approach that more as a family decision now when we moved. Um, but she's had to adapt a little bit. And I think there's pros and cons of that. It's built us as a tighter family. Um, but we're also cautious of we're probably going to move right i mean now we're settled in but yeah i think even when we move back to iowa 
uh, it was that hesitation in the back of our mind, like, are we going to move again? Uh, and I just made that decision. We're, we're not. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we're not. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think there's a little bit of relief to that. But moving around so much, uh, you know, was a benefit. Now, you would get some resistance. And I, I think when you look at different types of leaders, right, you've earned the permission, you've produced results. And I think your, your reputation starts to precede you a little bit in the fact that, hey, this person cares about people, right? They turn a store around. And, and sometimes, listen, it's not always running through daisy fields. Sometimes you got to have difficult conversations with people and say, listen, this is the path we're going. And I'd love you to be on the bus, but, you know, you don't have to be either. That's okay, too. But this is the direction we're going to go. Yeah. Um, you could turn around companies <clears throat> and not be a people guy and not give a rat about people, right? Mm -hmm. You could put the numbers up. You, so, so that's the question somewhere in here that I'm trying to formulate is, is Kevin in bizarro world, right? You could go in there and not be the people guy that you are, but still get the performance that you want because you know what needs to get done. You could be all about the numbers, all about the metrics. Who cares about the people if you can't be with it and it's just command and control and do what I say. And you could get those numbers, right? Oh, yeah, I think so, but I don't know how the longevity would be. Well, there it is. Yeah. It wouldn't last, <laughs> would it? Yeah. You know, yeah. because people would, people don't want to stay and work for that guy. Yeah. If you're such a control freak and a, and a person that says, you know, doesn't value the, the person, you're going to be constantly rebuilding. So I guess what I'm kind of coming back to say here is you were laying foundation for future so that you could move. Yeah and not get called back. You know, that's the yeah. other thing is, right? Because that's you're, the you're hope there, anyways, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> is, that right? Your, is that your impact in people at their place that they want to carry it forward and, and repay that to somebody else, right? Mm. That's the impact that I always hoped I'd made uh, is that somebody would try and pay that forward, you know, do for, do for somebody else what was done for them, giving them the opportunity, coach them, train them, hold them accountable, right? There's nothing wrong with accountability. Not at all. But you've got to have the other processes in place to hold uh -huh, somebody accountable, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you just can't come in and start schwacking people, right? right. You've got to give them the foundations, the training, the coaching, the development. I think accountability is, is uh, a huge, powerful tool for organizational growth and excellence and development. It's a very positive thing. But can I tell you, like straight up, in my past, accountability has been gross painful scary oh yeah right it's been all of those things it's used as a weapon it, right? it, it, oh that's yeah. perfect yeah it's used as a weapon and, and that that weapon is the gaze the point the blame that you know a bad leader points at somebody else it says hey we're gonna pin this one on you this is you dropped the ball you made the you screwed up and cost us that million dollar client you screwed up and cost us this project whatever it is that's at its worst, by the way. It doesn't tend to be that way all that often. But when it is, what it is does tend to be is reactive. It's yeah. always after the effect, the, the event has happened or afterwards we're looking back and we want to figure out what went wrong or what went right maybe. But my big shift has been teaching people and coaching leaders how to be proactive in it. Like come along and, and support people. Yep. Instead of me just saying, hey, Kevin, I need to have you get this done. Here's the time frame. But I need awesomeness on this one. I need this to be tight. This has got to be really, really good. And I tell you, you've got a week to do it. But when you hear those words, you're like, that's a four-week project. And he just asked me to get it done in a week. And I don't give you any concession. I don't ask you how long it's going to take. I just told you. I gave you an expectation. So at a week, I'm either going to be disappointed that you're not done with it yet or maybe I'm disappointed that it's not Kevin's best work. Like I've seen you do so much more and you're sitting over there going, but James, you didn't ask me. You yeah. didn't ask me how long it was going to take for me to give you the best of my ability. That was going to be four weeks and you gave me a quarter of that time. You See, ever, and there's, I think there's a lot to unpack even in that thing, right? I mean, when you look at, okay, what's our relationship first, right? Are we in a good enough relationship where you could come to me and say, hey, Kev, I'm really going to put you in a bind on this one, and here's what happened, right? Um, we're in a time crunch, and I need this done in a week, and I know it's probably a longer project than that, but we've had some things fall through the pipeline, and this is where we're at with it, right? We've yeah. got that relationship right. where it's like, hey, we can communicate clearly, 
right? Yeah. Let's just get it out there. What happened? Um, or is that poor planning on my part as a leader and I'm constantly putting you under the gun, right? Oh, so uh, what's, the, what's those P's, right? Proper planning prevents poor performance, yeah, right? So right. here I am. It's and, and you're walking away from the conversation thinking, oh, man, you know, uh, this is Kev's always come through in the clutch. You know, I don't have to give it to him ahead of time. He'll like come that. through in the clutch. I like that for right? Kev. Yeah, the Kev will come <laughs> through in the clutch. Um, you know, but then you, you got to think about how does that drain my people? Right. Because maybe James can excel this time. But if I go to the well all the time with James, is he going to excel or is he going to get tired of that and think, man, why can't Kev put this on his calendar three weeks ago and get with me instead of waiting until the last minute? <laughs> and if I have strengths like that super high responsibility and yeah. achiever and other things like that, I'm going to I'm going to sacrifice home life. I'm going to sacrifice oh, yeah. all of my like not just my home life, but things that I might do. I might sacrifice workout time or playing golf or whatever it is to make sure that I nail this project. And if you do that periodically with me, you know, once or twice over, you know, maybe a year, I'm going to be pretty okay with it. Yeah, sure. I think most people Because it feels will, right? good to come through, yeah. right? Cause yeah, like most you people said, will. They want to deliver. They want to deliver. They <laughs> don't want to come to work yeah. and suck, right? Yeah. But if it's perpetual and, and the manager doesn't understand that, Sure. But you've got that employee that is wired to be able to deliver, but they're going to sacrifice themselves in the process. You won't keep them. Yeah. They well, can't either sustain that work or quality or they're going to leave. Yeah. And they don't have time to sharpen their saw. Right. Whatever that be. Yeah. Whatever that be. Oh, my God. It might be. So good. It might be. Listen, man, I need to go fishing on the weekends. But because you put this time constraint on me. Now I'm not fishing, right? So that's going to drain my battery a little bit more. And when you think of that analogy, right, if, you, if we put two batteries up here, one, one brand new, one dead, right, uh, we can get a couple jumps from the new battery onto the dead battery, but at some point they're both going to have a problem, right, because I continually keep going back and trying to jump that battery off the new one, so right? Good. Right. So when you think about the, tra- the, the relationship of people in that aspect, right, and the conversation and the little dance that goes on, you, I guess that's... That's the way I always view it, right? Is I got to give what I what I get, um, you know. And there's a two way street there. I can't always go to James and ask him to deliver under the gun without looking internally and saying, "Hey, why do I always put James in that spot? What could well, I do differently to put him in a position to be successful?" And that's right. That's like treating me like a person then. Yeah. Instead yeah. of a cog in a machine, like I'm an alternator, and you can't just replace that alternator that easy. No. You know, no. not this time. No. Right. No. Uh, because it's going to take time, but. There's another piece of that too, which is, and you touched on it. It made my mind really roll when we were first talking on this particular segment. Was, uh, hey, I really, I really going to need to crunch down here, right? We got to come through on this. Uh, we got a week to do what normally would take two, three, or four weeks to do. So the good leader is going to say, "How can I help oh, take? Yeah. Like, what can <laughs> I do to to like free up your schedule?" What, what can I do to come alongside you? What resources do you need? Who else has maybe uh, been asking you to pitch in that I, maybe I'm not aware of? Like there's another manager in this department that's asked you to do something and now you've got to tell them no or I'm going to have, can I help you with that? Yeah. Because now it's, it's like saying, I'm supporting you. I've got your back and I, I know this is going to be tough and you're going to deliver. I'm going to do everything I can to set you up for success. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to get off the rails on this one. But I think you, you touched <laughs> on that part, too, right, is what's the conversation we're going to have and how does that start, right? And you said a key word there, how, right? So a lot of times a leader gets in a position and they start the questions off and they put the other person in a defensive mode, oh. right? So what? What did you do? What what happened or here? Or why? Why? Yeah, yeah why? Hey, James, why didn't we have that report done on time, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, you're, you're in the defense Absolutely. mode. Well, Kev, you came to me with a week, and it was a four-week project, right? Yeah. Instead of, hey, James, how could we improve this process the next time, right? Fences are down a little bit, if you will, right? It's not so much of a us, us and them mentality. It's more of a we together. What, what, what could we do differently? How could we do this in the future where we don't have these struggles, right? Absolutely. So you're just approaching it with a different a different mindset. And I, I think there's probably several layers to that. That's why I said we could really get off the rails, but it's really about how are you asking the questions, right? I think it's how you're asking the questions. And it, you know, it's, it's the, again, it comes back to treating a person like a human being. And what, when you do that with me as the manager, even if I'm a little pissed at you about it, because man, you put me in the spot again, but I see you working really hard to fix it. My buy-in to you is better than ever. 
Oh yeah. Because I see you as like, all right, he fell on his sword. He's apologized. He's going after it. He's working to, to clear the freeway for me. Right. Let's, let's get the debris off the road so I can go faster. Yep. I'm going to do it. And then, and then you've got to follow through. So here's the other thing is the manager then has to follow through. Yes. Because in six weeks later, if it happens again, I'm not going to trust you. Like, what, how's that saying go? Like, shame. Yeah. How, say it for me, because I can't. Can you think of it? Fool me once, yeah. Shame on you, yeah. Yep, yeah fool fool me, twice. me twice, shame on me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, you man, know? you caught me with that one. So, no, I just think that's, there. you're right. We can unpack, go off the rails, however you want to say it, so many ways with it. And that. I think, too, when you touch on, you know, when you touch on people's mindsets in those conversations, and it, to me, I always think of this visual, right? Um, when you think of police officers, um, and man, they do they do an amazing job in all of our communities. But when you think of a mindset of a new police officer coming to a community, right? And they yeah. could think of it two ways, right? I'm here to fight crime or I'm here to protect and serve. Mm. I don't know about you, but I know which one I want showing up to help me on the side 100%. of the road, right? I want yep. the one that's coming to protect and serve, right? Because yeah. their, their mindset is going to show up with a different process, right? Mm-hmm. How can I serve you? What's going on here? Let me assess the situation versus the person that's walking up to the situation thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going to fight crime. <laughs> well, I, I might not be a criminal. I don't know. I mean, right. I might just be lost. <laughs> I mean, so it's just, you know, to me, that's a great visual. And that's how I approach a lot of the conversations is what's the intent, right? What, what's, what's the thought process? Where are we at? Is it, are we trying to have growth? Right? Are we trying to grow and learn, or are we just trying to make a point? Because uh, there's a different conversation. If I'm just trying to make a point, it's a lot of you, me, why, what, right? If we're trying to grow and improve our process 100%. and build, Gosh, yes. it's how, right? Yeah. How? How could we make this better? Yeah. Um, anyways, like I said, we could probably get, we could probably go a hundred yards down the field on that one, but uh, just. You know, just thinking through the process, and I think it ties back into what we were talking about earlier, right? Uh, when you when you're going in, whether it be a, a team, uh, whatever that mindset is, is is approaching it with what things can I do as the leader to help better serve them uh, and meet them where they're at, right? We talked about that earlier, right? Let me meet them where they're at, mm-hmm. and then get them to where we need to be. So let me let me change gears just a little bit because I was sitting there thinking about who I'm just like, I'm interested in stories like origin (laughs) stories, you know, whether it's comic book movies or whatever. Uh, What, like who comes to mind for you? Who, who was the person that spoke life into you? The one that built you up? Who was the person that, or persons, I'm assuming there's probably multiple, but who comes to mind that, that was like a huge influence and in what way, like, what did they say to you? What did they do? Was it, was it a comfortable thing or was it uncomfortable when they said it? Oh, there's so many I could go back to, man. I've been very fortunate, uh, to have a lot of people make an impact in my life, you know, and, and, and listen, sometimes that's a positive thing, right? That's, that's great. Uh, but there's also been some that have been negative, right? There's some, there's some relationships you look at and you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to figure it out, yeah. but I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. The and you rest can of take answers, value but, from that. Oh yeah, definitely. Huge That's value. You know, so again, I think, uh, and I'll answer your question, but to go back to that, right. What are we learning from the situation? If you're not learning something, you failed. That's the, the to me, that's the only fail, right? If you haven't learned, that's, that's the, the true fail. So if I'm approaching a conversation and things, it's, it's, what can I learn from it? But to go back to, uh, it sticks out to me like a, like a like a shooting star here uh i had a principal um and as you said about my outgoing personality right i had a principal tell me he's like hey is it fair and i was like is what is what fair and he's like you know is it fair that you affect kids in a negative way sometimes and i was like what do you mean Mm. and he's like well you're a leader he said you're a natural leader he said you're you're charismatic people are drawn to you you're funny you're smart you're good in sports, right? People look up to you in the school. And he said, you do things sometimes that you can get away with, but they can't. Oh, wow. And he said, so you're really impacting them. And I'd never thought of it that way. Never. I was just living my life, right? I didn't, I wasn't thinking about how my actions affected somebody else. And it was heavy. Uh, I was in eighth grade and I walked away from it and thought, man, that is not, that's not right. I mean, that's not what I want to do. I was going to say, you didn't walk out of there feeling all great about yourself. No, no, it was a gut punch. Uh, and I, I, it was a monumental 
moment for me and it helped me realize man, you got to pay attention to what you're doing with other people right you can you can garbage in or you can garbage out right what, what are you what are you trying to do uh and what kind of impact am i trying to make on people right so i think he you know he was one of the first obviously you know my parents uh you know no brainer there um all the sacrifices they've made and and continue to make even as an, I'm an adult right yeah. they're always there to support me and tell me if i'm crazy or whatever it might be right yeah. uh um so then people that i've worked with even you know somebody like yourself right just having the relationship with you and being able to call and talk about all kinds of things so I, i've always been fortunate to have people around me uh that make an impact and add value um, yeah so i think there's a certain level that it's, it's really probably unconscious to us that we there's something about it that we we attracted oh yeah you know we should talk about maybe how we met because it was through linkedin right yeah yeah and i don't know if i reached out to you first or you reached out to me do you remember no nah, nah, i don't remember uh, it's like the I dating game yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up having coffee and uh we hit it off i mean, I mean yeah it, it, it was it was so fun because i was like I like this guy like yeah. because it wasn't just we didn't just sit and talk about the weather and sports and things that didn't matter it was like we just started talking about what we do and it went straight into stuff like we were talking about on this podcast or before this podcast yeah it was so fun to me that's like um I don't know I just again it's the origin story like why why did we end up knowing each other right you know? fate man fate well I guess. and for me that you know and, and i'm not gonna go here with you today but it's a faith thing also like yeah. it's a meant to be kind of, there's a divine intervention yeah. i believe a hundred percent in. you know i'm thinking back to um a teacher that i had in high school that exposed something to me that i thought was a strength and it is actually a strength of mine but he showed it to me how it was holding me back so he's my art teacher and his name was Val Patrillo, about five foot six tall. He had white hair. He was already kind of like an old man to us. He was in his 60s. This is back in the 80s, by the way, Kevin. So this is a long time. I'm an old guy. <laughs> back when Pluto was a pup. <laughs> <laughs> and here's, here's what happened. Um, he, he was a World War II veteran. Ooh. This dude had mm-hmm. seen stuff in his life that he wouldn't talk about with us as students because he knew we could, our minds couldn't handle yeah, it. Yeah, couldn't fathom it. And when he got back from the Army, he went to um, University of Northern Iowa, which at the time was the, I think, the Teachers College of Iowa or something to that effect. He had a kind of a bad professor up there. He was going into teaching, and he, he said, I became a teacher in that class because of his age. He was a few years older, and he had come back with all sorts of like grown up experiences. So I took every, I love this man dearly, dearly love this man. Uh, he passed away about 10 years ago or so at like 95. Like he was, he, he lived a long life. I, I took every class and I was, um, I was doing, I was learning how to airbrush and I, I was, I'm a good artist, you know, at times uh, in the right mediums. And there's times that I don't have confidence because I don't want to screw it up. So I had done this, I was doing a, a, a airbrush painting and it happened to be a steam train with all this cloud coming out from it. And it was just, I was like, this is really coming together. <laughs> and then I had to get to the detail work and I stopped. I was like, I can't mess this up. I can't mess this up. And so Petrilla said, come in after class or after school, I'll help you out. I said, all right. And he looked at me that day and he said, you know what your problem is? You're a perfectionist. Mm. And I went, what do you mean? Because I heard it as a compliment at first. In fact, I kind of smiled. I'm like, yeah. And he said, I'm not giving that to you as a compliment today. I need you to understand that you're afraid to screw it up. So you stop. Let that sink, right? Let yeah. that, don't let this be a course for your life. And I just want to hug him right now because like it just the emotion that I feel when he told me that. But here's the thing is I have a strengths finder theme called maximizer, which is exactly that, that I want to take something that's great to superb. But the downside of it is, is that I can fall into a perfectionist mode. Yeah. When I have a, a, a business manager, a, a, you know, when I had a, a manager, a boss that understood that about me, man, we were great because then they could tell me, Hey, unleash the superpowers. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Or don't unleash the superpowers on this project. 83% is going to be good. We don't need your 98% on this one. 
Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Now that I know, we're good. Yeah, now we're but, good. But, I man, I was, there was times when I could either hold down a team project because I'm trying to go perfection level when we needed 83%, or there were times when uh, I could be really frustrated that I'd never got to do my best work. And so I also have futuristic and strategic, so I could see why yeah. maybe if we push this one further. So to me, it's almost like coming full circle to, to coming back to like, if you want to have operational excellence in your business, you've got to know what makes your people great. What oh, are yeah. their talents? What are their abilities? And don't just tell people they've got potential. Because if Petrilla would have said what another teacher had told me before, you've got so much potential. Like, what a, what an insult. <laughs> you know, because like, yeah. what, what do you mean? What, what am I not doing? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. So like, if you're ever going to call it out, call out those special abilities. Describe it. You're great with people. Like that guy told you. Yeah. Was he your principal, you said? Or yeah. Was, uh, yep. your principal? Yeah, principal. You've got charisma. People want to follow you. You're a yeah. natural-born leader. He didn't just say, Kevin, you've got a lot of potential. Now yeah. rein it in. <laughs> like, what do you mean? You know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> contrary to that, I had somebody tell me that I was never going to be successful. Right? Mm. Um, That's a great I've, I've had I've had actually two, right? I had one when I was in a school environment, actually. I was in, in high school at the time, and I had... Uh, a counselor tell me that, that you're never going to, you know, you're never going to make it in life. Uh, and I was like, man, you know, I remember thinking to myself too, who are you to say that? Right. Yeah. Like, first of all, you're in the wrong position. Your position should be to inspire and build, right. Not to destruct. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, what, <laughs> where are we at where you just feel okay saying that to somebody that you're supposed to be an influence over, right. In a positive way. Um, but then also in a leadership role, right. I had, uh, in, in an organization I worked at, I had uh, a regional manager who I reported to indirectly uh, tell me that I was never going to make it in that company, right? If I was lucky, I could be a second assistant somewhere. If you huh? were lucky. If I, re- if I really worked at it, right? Uh, and I used that as fuel, right? Okay, yeah, sure. I'll never make it. <laughs> and then I did. Um, you know, and, and it's crazy when you see things come full circle like that. Uh, and, and you can kind of define yourself by that moment either way, right? You can look at it as an obstacle or an opportunity. Uh, am I going to let that define who I am today? Or am I going to take that on as a challenge and say, hey, I can, I can do it uh, because I have a belief and a confidence, right? Uh, but you also got to have the support system around you, I think, too. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, you can't just go out there and wing it on your own. But, you know, do you have the confidence and the support system around you to help you strive through? Yeah, you need that. That support system is um, important. Uh, my friend Matt and I talk. We do another podcast called the Twenty One Twenty Podcast, and we talk. I've about, listened to it. It's great. And you need to be on that, by the way. <laughs> I can't wait for that. But um, we talk about inner circle and yeah. the importance of an inner circle. The people that'll call out your BS when it's happening, but the, also the ones that'll say, "Hey, let's go, man. You've got this. I believe in you." How can I help you, right? You, when you have people surrounding you like that, um, it, it's, a, it's a multiplier. It's an amplifier. It just, oh, yeah. it just keeps you like, it just gives you not only confidence, but like, I think it's like rocket fuel. Yeah, definitely. You and I, uh, I think maybe we talked about this last week even. You know, I think that's where some business leaders struggle a little bit is... That's kind of a stigma, right? Why, why would you have somebody around that you can talk to? Well, that's what they need, man. They're people just like us, right? So they got to have somebody to bounce ideas off and tell them, hey, that's a great idea. You're, yeah. on, you're on the right path. Or, ooh, boy, I don't know. You know, why? Tell me more about that one. Why, why are you thinking that way? Uh, it's, a, it's a pressure cooker, right? So they got to have people um, that they can talk to and, and be in their group. And I think sometimes people get on a pedestal and that's frowned upon. Right? Whether they be in a um, some kind of larger role, a leadership role, they're supposed to have all the answers. Right? They're not supposed to need help or, or take a moment to think. Everything should just be off the cuff. <laughs> and sometimes they need that five, ten minutes. Right? Yeah. Let, me, let me just pause for a it's second. That Snickers moment. Yeah. Right? yeah. Hey, I used to tell my team all the time, listen, I'm, I'm not going to have all the answers. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have all the answers. Um, but I'm going to do everything I can to help us be successful, right? And I'm going to ask questions, and I'm going to try and learn, and I'm going to make mistakes. But when I make a mistake, I'm going to own it. I'm going to tell you what I did, right? And then we're going to move on. And that's... I mean, 
nobody's perfect, right? So when I make a mistake, I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to announce it. Hey, hey, I, I messed that up, guys. Sorry, I let you down. Here's what I think but, we're going to do moving forward. But here's the thing. You're secure. You're confident. And that is, and, and also you have a sense of humility. Like that's what we talked about on Clubhouse the other night. Oh, when yeah, I brought yeah. that up. Like confidence covered by covered humility. humility. Yeah. But if you're an insecure leader, you are not going to admit what you just said. Oh, no. Yeah. And so I've you could be. For a few. Yeah. And, right? <laughs> and so you could be insecure because you're immature, right? Sure. You just haven't yep. developed or and or inexperienced. Yep. So those that trifecta of those eyes, immature, inexperienced, and insecure, there's a lot of leaders that could put into roles like that. That's kind of like yeah. the Josh guy that I was talking about a while ago with the super high responsibility. Uh, there were times when. He, w- he was for sure inexperienced. There was times when he just didn't have enough life experience in the sense of, you know, maturity level. He was a young guy. And then I think there were times too, for sure, that he was, he had the insecurity of like, did I really get this role? Did I really earn the imposter syndrome? Yeah. You know, as we kind of talked about before we hit record today. Right um, seat, wrong bus. Right? There you go. I mean... Right seat, wrong bus. There could bus. be a lot of those things. And, and any time that you have that insecurity, man, your buttons start to get pressed by everything and everyone. Like It's almost like a, a, a low-grade level of paranoia to a degree. It's, it's you're inside your head so far that you can't get out of it sure. to make a wise decision. And so then you just continue to make poor decision after poor decision after poor decision. And if you don't have somebody to stop you, yeah, you're, you're, in, a, you're in a death spiral at that oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And that's, you know, as we were talking about, where, where you got somebody that you can lean on, um, whether it be inside or outside the organization, I think is huge because you're not going to have all the answers. And sometimes the pressure is going to be uh, so much that you feel like you need to make a knee-jerk reaction, right? Uh, I guess I, w- I would think about it this way, too. You know, you, you I would have decisions sometimes as a leader where I tried not to make a decision immediately. There's There's times where you have to, but you know, that's one of the assessments, right? Do I need to act on this now or can I act on it tomorrow? Right. And that wasn't so I could put it off. That was so I could process on it. Right. So what, what's the outcome that I'm looking for? What's the direction I can take? What's, you know, what's that outcome going to be if I do this action? Right. What's, what's the angles? Hmm. Um, and just process on it and understanding and having maybe, as you said, a little bit of confidence in, all right, can I, is this something I need to act on now or can it, be tomorrow uh what's the impact right do i need to discipline this person this second or can i discipline them this evening Mm. right um or in the morning or whatever that may be right what's the what's best for that person as well as the team right how does that all fit together and there's no right or wrong answer to that Uh, again if it's illegal immoral or unethical that's immediate right that was an immediate thing for sure Uh, but if it was a difference of opinion uh, maybe a process flaw. Uh, those things didn't necessarily need to be right away. Why ruin that person's day? On the three points, if it's illegal, immoral, un- or unethical, how do you teach that to, say, a leader that you're developing? How do you guide them in that? Because I think we all, like, illegal versus illegal is pretty black and white. Yeah. Immoral, unethical, there can be a lot of gray area right there. So how do you pass that on? Well, I mean, does it pass the sniff test, right? Are you lying, cheating, stealing? I mean, if you're not doing those things, if you're treating people the way you'd want to be treated, right? Uh, you used to be able to say that. Hey, how would you want to be treated? Now it's a little, it gets a little gray. Some people sure. don't see it through that lens. But uh, just like you used to be able to tell somebody, hey, run it like it's yours, right? Run it like you own it. Um, you know, people view it usually a little different, right? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I would always start with those bases. Right? How would you want to be treated in this situation? Uh, what's what's right by the other person? And then is that feasible? Can I do it that way? And what are the repercussions if I do or don't? And where's the middle ground? Um, so I think you do get into immoral. That could be evolving. Uh, you know, what might have been immoral 15 years ago may not be today. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that, that can that can change, but it's not going to be maybe illegal, I guess, could even, right? When you look at it that way, stuff that was illegal 15 years ago isn't in certain states now. So I don't, I mean, <laughs> even that can, even yeah. that can change a little bit. So it does, it does have to be fluid. I guess I would say I had a leader tell me one time, right, that's got to be written in jello, not in stone. 
right? Because that that could that could move a little bit yeah. uh, the target on that. Yeah. Um, but I think a bigger arching point to that is unpacking again their thought process on something, right? Why did you see it that way? So you're putting people in uh, you're putting people in a position to act in their role with the constraints of how they are, right? So if I've had you make three or four decisions and you and I are talking through the process and I understand your thought process, now you can maybe your scope of the decisions you're making is a little bit larger. Sure. Yeah. Um, because you've proven that you're kind of on that same function, if you will, I guess, right? You can't really teach somebody morals as an adult. I think yeah. they're probably developed at this point. Yeah. How about the, this? And then um, we're going to wind this down a little bit because you and I could spend all afternoon. I know oh, we, we could just yeah, sit we, here the rest of the day. We could sit here till coffee. Sunday night. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd be happy, yeah, but we'd right. be all right. <laughs> we'll just we'll take care of it. We'll get yeah, our own coffees. Lock us in here. We're good. <laughs> um, how about how about in your in your roles? Um, how did this kind of stuff play into who you recruited to come work for you in when those times when you had to hire, right? Do you, are you the guy that believes in hiring for talent and character uh, over education and expertise? Or, like, do you look at it that way? Like, w- what would you prefer, actually? So, so I guess the question is, is what, what guided you when you were searching, you know, to bring people onto the team? It wasn't somebody you inherited. It's somebody that yeah. you get to add. Somebody that I, that I would go out and seek. I wanted to see how they treated others. So character. Yeah, yeah. Because because you don't want to be teaching that stuff as a manager. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I mean, and somebody could be listening to the podcast and say, hey, but here's how you teach that. I don't know. I, I, to me, if you're 24, 25, 35, 45, I can't teach you character. I think you've developed it or you haven't. I, I, I mean, we're either on the same path or we're not. I, and on that note, I would just say, this is a Lead Through Values podcast. And everything that I do when I'm working with a client is to say, let's define what those values are so that we attract people that Correct. want to plug in, yeah. right? And if you don't have it defined, that's harder to do and you can make mistakes. Yeah, I don't. So I guess to, to, to further say that, the reason why I think character is important is I'm not in a field and I've never worked in a field yet. I guess who knows what the future holds, but I've never worked in a, uh, a field yet where 30 years of experience is what's defined, right? I think of those positions as like a heart surgeon, right? That's somebody I want to have experience. Yeah. Uh, I don't want somebody learning on the cuff how to do heart surgery if I'm laying on the table, right? But everything else, yeah. everything else I'm thinking of, man, there's not really many things that if you start with a good person, right, uh, that's willing to learn, has a good positive attitude, I, I can teach you how to do pretty much anything. Uh, I don't think it's that difficult character attributes that I would want, you know, that, that I look for back when I was in the, in the corporate world to do this stuff, I wanted to see, I'm going to see courage. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see confidence. I wanted to see humility. I wanted to see empathy. I would try to figure out how to like structure an interview to, to look for those things. And we would do assessments too. I mean, we had a, the company that I'm referring to, we had a good process for it actually. Uh, and we learned to go slow. We also learned how to write job descriptions that really, really showcased the entrepreneurial spirit that our company had. Because if you came to us from a non-entrepreneurial company, like a, um, you know, like in our neck of the woods, we've got Collins Aerospace here. It's, I think that's what their name is currently. Mm-hmm. That, that was on something. Who knows, yeah, man? There's 17 like, names, I think. There you go, right? <laughs> so these companies that... Um, uh, you had to memo a lot of, you know, copy a lot of people on emails and everything, everything moved slow. Mm-hmm. We did everything fast. And so if somebody came in and couldn't adapt to that, they floundered and we learned that. So we learned how to write that into job descriptions instead of just talking about what we are looking for in the qualifications. Here's what the job is. And here's what our preferred experience level is. And we started to talk about our culture and our culture was fast, innovative, uh, not afraid to make a mistake. We're just not going to let you fail catastrophically. Yeah, know, sure, right. That's the that's the difference, right? Don't make the don't make the failures fatal, right? Mm, right. I mean, if somebody fails uh, and you make it fatal, what's that say to everybody else on the team? Never. Hey, I better, screw I better not try. I better not try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I don't know, I better not try. Yeah. Right. And that's that's accidental cultural element, yeah. right? Oh there. yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, when we were talking about hiring too, you know, I think that's that's how I would start, right? So, so how is this people? How is this person interacting with other people? Then when you, then when you start having a conversation, we start breaking it down granularly. Who's impacted them, right? Have they ever been impacted by somebody in nice. a positive manner, right? Yeah. Because if they've had a person of influence in their life, doesn't matter who it is, right? Like me, I was very fortunate. My mom and dad, big figures in my life, right? Yeah. And then I've had other people along the way too, but my parents, right? But that's not the case for everybody. And that's okay. That's not good or bad or indifferent. It's just, it's just who they are. That's what makes them unique. But who are the people that impacted them where they are? And if somebody's been impacted by people in a positive manner, they're also going to be able to impact others, right? They know what that looks like. They understand what that's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they winning? Have they won at things? Can they compete? Do they like to compete? You know, all those things I think you can tap into. And again, it's not a sports thing. It's not a this, that, or the other thing. It's just when you look in life, if people have, have faced adversity and succeeded, right, they persevered or they fold the tent, right? Because every day there's adversity somewhere, whether it be personal or professional. I think I have to add that into my mix, that, that perseverance. Yeah. So you just kind of look at all those things and assess them. And there's no right or wrong, but it's deeper in understanding who that person is. So I make sure that I'm putting them in a position to win. Um, if, I, if I'm going to add somebody onto the team, and let's say they can't handle pressure, that's okay. That doesn't make them a non-fit for my team. I just have to understand as their leader that I can't put them in pressure-packed situations. Right. And so you got to... And if I am, I better guide them through that yeah. process. Yeah. Right? I better be there to support them and nurture so what's true. going on. I can't just say, hey, uh, James, I know you don't handle pressure, but I need this in three days and then bounce, right? <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna be on the beach somewhere. Good luck, buddy. I'll see you Monday. You know, that, that's not going to go well, right? right? Um, so I think that's... So when we start, it's always how do you how are you dealing with people, right? Mm-hmm. To me, because that's I, I don't think you can teach that once you become an adult. You either you're either treating people well or you're not. And then and then that comes back to the last thing I think that that you want to look for. The thing that I would want to look for is is somebody because if you are if you're humble, oh yeah, you should be coachable or teachable. Yes, you should. Yeah. Be. But that's got to be there, and that and that's how, one of the ways I would define the humility. Like I don't want you to be too aw shucks. I just want you to be able to have the the humility and the confidence to admit, I don't know, but I want to learn. Teach me. Show that's a, me. That's a question I ask. Tell me about a, a little bit of coaching or some advice that you've been given that caused you to make a significant change. Yeah, that's great. And, and when you hear that answer, it's like, okay, this person gets it, right? Like if, if you ask me that question and I tell you about my interaction with the principal and how that affected my life moving forward, you're like, hey, Kev can take some coaching, right? He, he can hear the solid truth. He can hear the straight skinny yeah. and yeah. move forward. Uh, so I think, you know, that's, that's one question that I, I ask people. You know, tell me about a bit of advice or some coaching that you've received that's caused you to make a significant change. And... and I'll take notes on that and then just kind of unpack it myself. And there may be questions that come off that, right? Tell me a little bit more about it, whatever, right? So we can have a conversation. But that gives you some insight into what was that coaching and how did they react to it? That's pure gold. Like if somebody's, (laughs) I mean, mean, truly, it's great. If somebody's listening and they're in a position to hire, which I think is the number one responsibility of a leader, the 1A is is culture to to create it and protect it. I, I... I would defend that one. I'll die on the hill with that one. Yeah. Oh, you're 100% right. Listen, if you're in a leadership position and you're not hiring right now, you need to write a book on how you manage to stay staffed because everybody I talk to needs about 50 people. Exactly. <laughs> and I do. Oh, gosh. We could just go off. This would be another yeah. tangent. It's like <laughs> right now with everybody coming back to work, Yeah. you know, at this season that we're in, the, 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 uh, the mistake that you could make is that you – just get people because we gotta have hire for need, right? That's a deadly oh. trap. I, we just need bodies. It's bite you in the butt. We need six bodies months later or yeah. sooner. Yeah. If you look at hiring people as uh, that makes me cringe when people say that we I need know. bodies. We yeah. need bodies. Dude, we don't need bodies. This isn't a morgue. Right. Right. We we need right. people that can make a positive impact. Um, yeah. And if you if you open the floodgates, you're sacrificing your culture, right? You're talking lead through culture. You're sacrificing your culture, and you got to guard that. That's part of your job as a leader. If you're not guarding your culture, twenty four seven, you're in trouble. Hundred percent. You're in trouble, right? It's like a plant, right? You're either growing or dying, right? We're human beings, right? We're growing or dying. Hmm. So your culture is going to do the same thing. It's either growing or dying. It's either getting better or getting worse. Which one are you doing? And what's your intent? Are you intentional with it? 
Bam. That's mic drop. Right? <laughs> just, just, here it is. There it is. Fell on the ground. Listen, you should have never had me on. We could go for days. I don't even know how we're going to wrap Kevin, up. Like, what are I'm, we doing? I'm thinking right there is where we got to end this because that was a really great, like, that's a great place to end. And, and yet you're right. I, I, I fully, fully enjoy you, your presence that you bring and, and, Man, the knowledge and wisdom. It's so fun. Like, this is energizing to me. Oh, yeah. It's been my a great time. My brain hurts. It's, it, <laughs> I'm just telling you, you're, you're exercising my brain real hard today. <laughs> it's seriously. Uh, but it, and it's a really in a good way. So. Yeah, it's Thanks, been a man. great time, man. I, yeah. I, was, uh, I was thrilled to be on. I'm excited to be on. I hope we get to do it again, man. It's been a blast. It's been a hoop. All right. Uh, it's That's been a, a hoop. deal. And uh, next time, I, I mean, next time I say we just start recording as soon as we see each other. I know. We miss some solid gold nuggets. I, I don't mean those were hits. Those Dude. were hits. Yeah. 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 Well, gosh, uh, man. The first, again. the first 25 minutes we talked, we were hitting dingers. I love it. Hitting dingers. Hitting dingers. That's the name of this podcast. You hitting just dingers. gave it to me. Hitting dingers. All right, man. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. Great. All right.